Hey there, I'm Sarita, and you're about to experience the modern approach to well-being where you get to establish the best and most important relationship you will ever have, the one with yourself. I'm on a mission to help you declutter energy and reclaim your power so you can be a magnet to what you desire. If you're looking for the optimal blend of mindset and healing, you're in the right place. My goal in this podcast is to share tools, resources, and practices that will help you along your healing journey. I'm so excited to be here with you today. So welcome to Back to Here with Sarita. Let's get started. Hey, you. Welcome back to my lovely podcast. And I am your host, Sarita. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm actually kind of excited because I'm celebrating my 10th episode. So I am very overjoyed that you're here today to enjoy this episode. And I actually highly recommend that you add this to your favorites because this topic is really near and dear to my heart and has been a large part of my healing journey. So as you may or may not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And you probably have been seeing a lot out there about this topic on your social media or maybe like, you know, in, in other outlets. But today I wanted to speak into it uh, about mental you know, health, but also more in the capacity of emotional wellness side of things. And before I jump into the episode and sharing my story, I wanted to preface by actually giving a lot of gratitude that we can have these conversations today in our society because growing up and well into my 20s, mental health was considered more of a disease and, uh, you know, a, a reason for treatment. But now we know that mental health affects everyone since we all function, you know, differently in this world and, and uh, we're taking, you know, we're approaching ways different and we know that our mind is something that needs to be taken care of in a proactive way versus a reactive way. So these conversations around mental health are allowing us to make this shift so we can do more things to stabilize our mental well-being and our mental wellness so we can show up better in our lives. Okay, so let me jump into my story. For me, back in my 20s, I didn't know much about mental health or mental well-being uh, for that matter. And it was actually through the introduction of yoga in my early 30s that I started to understand the importance of mental well-being and mindfulness because of that being a large part of my healing journey. And so it was through the introduction, like I said, of yoga that I started to understand mindfulness practices and things that would help with my mental well-being. And it was in my early 30s, around the age of 34, I started having trouble sleeping. And there is a lot deeper story to that, which I will get into. And I have this really clear memory of my first week of insomnia, and it hit me so hard. I have this memory of me being in the bathroom at work running cool water onto my wrists in order to stay awake and I would take the you know the paper towels from the dispenser and get them wet underneath the sink uh, or under the the cold water and I would dab my neck and let the cold water water run down my back because it was the only way that I could keep myself awake and for anybody that has suffered from insomnia you understand the feeling of running on autopilot you just like have no capacity to know what's really going on around you and the crazy part is I didn't realize that at that moment that first week of insomnia when it hit me 
that my insomnia problems would literally last me additional five years. Five effing years of dis- of this horrible insomnia. And for me, insomnia was literally the destroyer of my life. And I will get into that momentarily. You will see that it really deconstructed my life. It affected my job, my relationship, my body, my mental well-being. And I remember there would be times over a 72-hour period that I would only have slept five hours. If you break that down, that is not many hours per night. I had my doctors prescribe me every single sleeping pill and anxiety medication under the sun. And quite honestly, like none of them helped me. And part of the reason is because I never committed to using them for very long. But the reason I didn't is because they made me feel woozy and not feeling like human. And for those of you that do use that type of medication, like I just want to say there's nothing wrong with that. It's very okay to do that. But for me and my own personal journey, it just was not something I wanted to commit to or use. And so what I didn't realize at the time was that my body and my mind were trying to communicate to me something, but I was just way too closed off, like literally closed off to even notice at all. All I knew was that my body didn't feel well and I couldn't sleep. And what I didn't realize that it was my mental well-being that was literally a wreck. I thought it was just the fact that I couldn't sleep. Now I know as a healed person (laughs) that it was something way deeper than just my inability to sleep. But the fact that I was too focused on the fact that I couldn't sleep I thought literally just by sleeping that all my problems would be solved. And see, now I know our bodies communicate to us at a grander and larger scale a message. But yet, so often, we are too wrapped up in our own interpretation of what things mean. We literally lose ourselves and we forget. And that's exactly what happened to me, is that I lost myself. And so, thus started my healing journey and turning around my mental well-being and when when i when i was going through those insomnia years i was trying to find ways to help me cope with the lack of sleep to make it through the next day because that was literally all that i could think about was getting to the next day and since i was so far into my body breaking down I was doing all sorts of things trying to like band-aid my way through my life versus actually deconstructing the real problem at hand, which was simply being out of alignment and being unhappy. So one of the things that I would do in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep was to pull out my yoga mat and stretch and try to meditate. That was something that I learned and I thought this is helpful for me. At the same time, it was also very challenging since my mind would race And I would literally give myself more anxiety about the fact that I wasn't sleeping and how it would affect my day the next day. And so I would get even more anxious about not being able to focus at work and that I would mess up and that I would get fired and all the things. And that was was what was rushing through my head at 2 and 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. And unfortunately, because what I know about the subconscious... Unfortunately, I manifested a situation very close to that. And if you have ever been in a situation where you haven't been able to sleep, you realize that you just feel so disconnected from everything. Like you just, like your capacity to handle things is so slim. 
So basically your level of anger rises, your impatience is like slim to none. And so it really made me feel a lot worse about myself within my relationship at the time because he just did not understand why I couldn't sleep. And unfortunately, the situation that I had at work, the management was also not very empathetic about my situation either. So one day, I had a massive panic attack at work. And let me tell you exactly what happened. I literally felt like I was having a heart attack. My left arm started to tingle. My brain felt like it was vibrating at this like really high like speed and I just, I couldn't even see well. And at that moment, I gently got up from my chair. I didn't make a scene because the situation I was in is we didn't have cubicles. We were just all sitting in like one room. I gently got up from my chair and literally coached myself to walk to the door and down the stairs. I kept saying to myself, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I finally made it downstairs and immediately called a lift. And luckily they had lifts at that time because that was uh, about like maybe five plus years ago. The lift took me to the hospital and I literally felt like I was dying. I felt like my body was shutting down. I seriously thought in that moment and when I was at the hospital after I had my panic attack that I thought I wasn't going to make it till the end of the day. I was so, I was so dismal. I was just thinking like, I'm not going to survive this. And at the hospital, I was given an EKG test and had my, my blood drawn, just all the things. And I kept telling them, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And finally, the doctors came in and they just said, you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It must have been a panic attack, an anxiety attack. Take some Xanax when you get here. When you get home, here's a prescription. And so I did just that. Went home later on in the day took some Xanax, and woke up not feeling like myself. And I was like, I was feeling so distraught. And at that moment after I woke up, I thought, there's something that needs to change here. Something's got to give. I can't keep going on like this. I can't have this problem dictate my life. And so it wasn't that many days later I was talking to a therapist and took some time off work to recover and kind of regather myself mentally. And as I'm telling you this story, I'm just looking back, you know, at these memories and kind of reflecting on these memories. My heart literally breaks for the woman who thought she had to keep putting herself through this turmoil. My heart goes out to her that she thought that it was just a sleeping problem that she needed to fix and that it was only that and everything else would be resolved if she could just sleep. In reality, I know now that it was a way, way deeper issue than just my inability to sleep and that my body was sharing with me wisdom, but I chose not to listen. Now as a more healed woman, I know to tap inwards and listen to my body as a first recourse and not as a last resort. When I started taking care of my mental health, things started to shift a little bit. But unfortunately, I made a mistake. I didn't opt to work with a therapist for very long because I had it in my head that I could quote unquote, figure it out myself. I had this problem with accepting help. I had this problem with accepting that I needed to figure out all the answers myself and worse, 
I had this problem that I thought that there was something really wrong with me, that they would discover that there was something really wrong with me. And so I took it upon myself to continue my own practices of yoga and meditation, eating well, essential oils. But unfortunately, that only got me so far. Don't get me wrong, that stuff is great. But I wasn't doing the deeper level work that allowed me to unpack all the mess inside that was really causing me to show up in this broken way. And looking back, I was using those practices of eating well, yoga, meditation, all the things, just as like a band-aid to help me. And there's nothing wrong with using those modalities, but I realized that there was something way, way deeper that was causing these problems. But again, I didn't know what it was. So it was not until like around 2019, I believe, when my little dog of 17 years passed away that I realized that I had to do something about my mental state. I just was living in this reality that just was not what I wanted. So after taking some time off work to grieve, I decided that the career I had chosen that I had been doing for about 16 years was draining me so much, was not lighting me up. And I also knew that I was cut out to be doing something way different along the lines of entrepreneurship. I decided I was going to quit. And I did just that. And the funny thing, though, is that that was just the beginning of the deconstruction of my life. I didn't realize that I was stepping in literally into the most transformational chapter of my life. So in reflecting on my insomnia years, there's some things that I wish that I had personally known that I know now that would have helped me with my mental health. And I want to share with you those right now. Apart from the physical wellness of eating healthy, getting a lot of sleep, exercise, doing breathing practices, yoga, journaling, all the things, I wish there were things, these things that I'm going to share with you, I wish that I'd known how to take better care of myself. So these five things I'm going to share with you right now. Number one, question to ask yourself. Determine what's exactly causing the stress in your life. Is it a situation, a thing, a person, an event? And for me, it was the many moving parts of being in a relationship, working full-time, being a dog mom, being a step-parent to my partner's children, trying to find time to take care of myself. I didn't know how to carry the load, and it literally consumed me. So I wasn't clear about pinpointing what was causing me the stress. Number two, learn to say no. That is one of the hardest things to do, I think. As a woman growing up, I was taught always to be a yes person. I don't know about you, but I was taught to be a yes person, therefore saying yes to things because I was actually really terrified of saying no because I was worried about what the other person would think. Maybe they would get angry or upset. And so I just became this people person, or excuse me, this people pleaser saying yes and never worrying about how it would affect me. And that literally by, by saying yes to things over and over again, I wasn't being mindful of like how it was affecting me. So note to yourself, being sure to be mindful of saying yes to only the things that are full body yes. Number three, determine your personal boundaries and stick to them. Looking back at my 20s and 30s, I literally had no boundaries. I don't know about you. I'm just, I'm literally learning about boundaries pretty recently. 
And now I can say yes to things that only light me up. But at the time, I was saying yes to things and I allowed people to treat me and to say things to me, including like managers that caused me like resentfulness and unhappiness. And I felt like I was powerless, literally. And so I was also giving an unlimited supply of my energy to some family members who use and abuse me and my availability for their own benefit. So literally, I had no boundaries. Again, that goes back to being a people pleaser in your life. Number four, simplify your life and prioritize prioritize the things that are more meaningful to you. My life was really complicated. And by the time I was 35, I was navigating so many roles that I was playing in my life that I got absolutely overwhelmed. And I found it easier to just hide away and drown my woes in alcohol than to actually deal with them. So after having such a complicated life for so long, for almost a decade, I see the importance of simplicity. And simplicity can mean different things for different people. For me, it was stepping away from things that didn't light me up. Because why should I be giving energy to things that are just not nourishing me on a deeper level? So for you, figure out what does simplified, what does a simplified life look to you? What does simple look like to you? Number five, final point, detoxify your life. Let go of what no longer serves you. And this kind of goes back to number four, where it's removing certain things that don't create joy in your life. So you can actually allow room for more blessings, for joy. People say, it's interesting when people say that they're cutting off relationships or dumping somebody when they say, you know, letting go of what no longer serves you. But in reality, Changing your environment only goes so far. I found that out very heavily last year. And that's why this comes down to the identity work. This is where identity work becomes so important. And this is what I do within my coaching business. When you let go of a limited belief that's kept you stuck in a pattern of behavior, that is really letting go of what no longer serves you. Yes, letting go of certain relationships, things, or things that are changing or impacting your environment but on an identity level letting go of the things like the identities that you've held on to for so long that is really letting go of what no longer serves you so those are my five points that I wish I had known before when I was in my 30s when it came to my mental well-being I think what my biggest takeaway from a mental health journey is the way that I approached my emotional wellness. When I wasn't taking a proactive approach to my emotional well-being, I was literally scrambling and succumbing to everything around me and using it to hold myself together like glue. When I decided to take the time to strip back the layers and started to take a more proactive approach of my emotional well-being, I didn't feel like a sieve, you know what a sieve is, like the that container that has a bunch of holes in it and the water spills through. I felt like I was actually filling up my vessel versus draining my vessel. So I was able to maintain that energy approach versus constantly feeling depe- depleted. So the difference between proactive and reactive. And the main shift or cause of the shift was taking the time to lean inwards and answer the questions that I posed in number one. 
I got clear on what was causing the stress by asking those questions. The quality of our life, and I love this quote, the quality of our life is determined by the questions that we ask. And so by asking good questions, the quality of our life can improve. Also, once I got clear, I literally let go of what no longer served me, aka being a people pleaser, setting boundaries, taking care of myself, not bending to every whim, and really understanding myself as a person. I also maintained those practices that I was using before as a band-aid approach uh, modality. I continued using practices like yoga and meditation and breath work that were also helping me proactively support myself. So overall, the process of taking care of your mental health does totally take effort, but what you put into it will help you feel better. I really hope this episode has helped you and been helpful for you around the topic of emotional wellness and shed some light on mental health. If you like this episode, make sure to write a review on it. And if you feel that it was helpful as well, please share it with somebody else because there are so many people walking around that feel like they're alone when it comes to their mental health journeys. We are all in this together. We are all navigating the same world through different lenses, of course, but we all come together when it comes to taking care of ourselves and allowing ourselves to heal. So make sure to share this with a friend. Like most of my episodes, I try to keep them short and sweet so they're not overwhelming to the listener. Take care, love, and I really want you to take care of your mind and body. You will be so much happier because of it. We will see you next time on another episode of Back to Here with Sarita. And in the meantime, keep being the amazing you that you are. Hey, love. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you adored what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to leave a review on the platform you are listening to this episode on. By doing this, you are helping my mission to impact other women with their healing journeys. If you aren't already following me on social media, make sure to connect with me at Sarita Wellness to get your weekly dose of inspiration. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode, but in the meantime, keep being the amazing you that you are.